0: This morning we want to give a few moments to hearing this portion of God's Word and pray that His Spirit will open our hearts so that it will truly do its work in our lives and help us and give us strength for the weak. 1 John chapter 5, beginning in verse 6. Let's be standing as we hear the Word of God and remain standing then for the song that follows. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. We accept man's testimony, but God's testimony is greater, because it is the testimony of God which He has given us about His Son. Anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in his heart. Anyone who does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony God has given us about His Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. May God bless the reading of his word. At the health club I go to there are several TVs scattered about, and uh, they seem to be kind of dedicated to whatever section they're in. For example, in the free weights where the real men go, I don't go there. <laughs> the, the TVs are always on ESPN and, because the real guys want to keep up with the sports. And then over another, against another wall, there's a long line of, uh, of ellipticals and um, treadmills. And there's two televisions there, one on each side, and one is always on Fox News, and the other one's always on CNN. And I've just kind of noticed as I go along, I try to keep up with who goes to which side. It's kind of interesting to see who it is that wants to watch CNN and who it is that wants to watch Fox. Because certainly those two stations give a different perspective on the world. And it's interesting to see whose perspective you know, that agrees with and where they go. Because certainly we like to hear the voices that speak the language that we know. And those voices then begin to shape basically how we see things and how we view this world. This world has a lot of voices out there that tell us what is right and what is wrong, what is good, what is evil, which way we should go and which way we shouldn't. Not only the national news medias, but also just um, our peers as we have casual conversations with friends and they begin to give us ideas about what they think and we begin to reflect on those and that enters in and then begins to shape our world as well. If you're someone that follows the celebrities and the entertainers, it's interesting to me that a lot of times they give world views and try to influence people as to how they should see things and what things are right and what things are wrong. Well, in all these voices, there is one that is very important. There is one that we as followers of Jesus Christ need to make sure is on our TV or computer. We need to be listening to the voice of God. It is there. His voice rings out and tells us what is right, and what is wrong, and what is good, and what is evil. His voice is there to give us a world view on how to look at the world. And in fact, most importantly, his voice is there to tell us what real life is. After all, he is the one who created life. He is the one that set all this into motion. And his voice is there to say this is what life is about. And if you want to enjoy life, and if you want this life to continue not only for these years that we live in this body on in this earth, but you want this life to continue for eternity, let me tell you what life is. Listen to my voice. Now it's interesting that God has not chosen to shout down the other voices. His voice is not necessarily the loudest voice that we hear. And you might think every once in a while, well, why doesn't God just silence all these other voices? But he in his wisdom has allowed the other voices to speak. But we, his followers, need to know that he speaks to us as well. And we need to learn to tune our ears and hear what he is saying. In the book of John, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and my sheep hear my voice. So it is true that we can turn our ear to Jesus, to God, to the Spirit, and that we can hear what they are saying and be guided by their will. Now this little passage here in 1 John is an amazing passage because it's speaking about that very thing. It's telling us that God is speaking to us, leading us, and guiding us, and it gives us three particular witnesses that give testimony, three forces, if you would, that are in this world that will, if we will listen to them and believe them, they will give guidance to our life, and they will tell us, in fact, what life is all about. Now, those three witnesses, can you say them with me? Well, you won't know what order I'm going to say them in, William. Okay. But the three witnesses that John mentions are water and blood and the Spirit. Now, we can look back in the Gospels and see that these truly are historical witnesses. All three of these elements, forces, played a role in testifying that Jesus is the Son of God. Water, the baptism of Jesus. What did that tell us about Jesus? Well, if we read the accounts, we know that when Jesus came to John the Baptist to be baptized, and he went down into the water and he came back up, that the heavens were torn open, And that the Spirit of God descended upon him. And it's going to be interesting how all three of these kind of interlink, don't they? We'll see that when we get to ourselves here in just a moment. Well, this was proof that Jesus is the Son of God. That the Spirit descended on God. In fact, later on, John the Baptist, as he was talking to some of his disciples, and Jesus came walking up and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And his disciples said, how do you know that's him? And he said, because God sent me to baptize. And he said, now you're going to baptize someone someday. And when you baptize that man, you're going to see the Holy Spirit descend on him like a dove. And you will know that that is the one. He is my son. He is the Christ. And John says, that's exactly what happened. That's what I saw. And I heard the voice of God say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The baptism of Jesus is a historical testimony as to who he is. His blood. We often picture Jesus hanging on the cross. And that's a very dear picture to our hearts that there is Jesus dying for us. And the blood of Christ flows from his hands and from his feet, and then eventually also from his side. And as it flows down that cross, the world turns dark. The earth begins to shake. And even there's a testimony in the Gospels that people who had been gone for a long time had passed away, began to be seen walking about the city of Jerusalem we sing the song there is power in the blood well when that blood was shed power was released and the people that stood around that cross knew it knew it to the point that an old pagan centurion a Roman soldier looked up at Jesus and said truly this man was the son of God The baptism, the blood, and then certainly the Spirit. The Spirit testified that Jesus was the Son of God. When the Spirit descended on him like a dove, others saw that, John saw that, that was testimony, but throughout the ministry of Jesus, it was obvious that the Spirit of God was working through him. In fact, the people that didn't like Jesus, have you ever not liked somebody You notice how you just pick them apart? Nothing they do ever will please you. And I'm sure, well, none of y'all have ever felt that way. Let me tell you that. Whenever you don't like somebody, you just look for little things, you know, and, and even the good things they do, you find some motive or something that, well, yeah, they just did that because of this. It's a terrible trait, but it's very human, isn't it? And the people that didn't like Jesus, they couldn't deny what he was doing. They couldn't deny that he was healing people. They couldn't deny that he had brought people back from the dead. And so the only thing they could do is say, well, yeah, he's got power. He's got the spirit, but it's the spirit of the devil. The spirit was that strong in him that it was there and obvious that God was working through him. And the people that saw him do what he did and heard him speak the words he spoke, they just fell back and said, this man teaches like no person we've ever heard before. He is one who teaches with authority. That was the Spirit. And then even after Jesus had ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles there on that first day of the church, the day of Pentecost, then people said to say that, wow, this is real. This is what God is doing because of the testimony of the Spirit. So there we have those three witnesses, the water and the blood and the Spirit, that testified that God was at work then. Now the problem is we weren't there. We we read about those things, and part of tuning our ears to hear the voice of God is to hear his word and to let it come into our hearts and shape us and form us. But the truth is, we did not see those things with our own eyes. We did not experience those witnesses. But John, in 1 John chapter 5, doesn't say there were three witnesses. He says there are three witnesses. And what we know is that these same witnesses still speak. They still give their testimony today. And that if we will receive by faith the voice of God, we will hear them speak in our lives. The Spirit the promise of God is that when we receive Jesus in baptism, that each one of us receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that spirit is very real. That spirit leads and guides. That spirit comforts and encourages That spirit produces its fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And we feel that. And we know that. And we look back in our own lives and see that the spirit is speaking still. We go and we talk to someone who is obviously Spirit-led. And we ask them what the Spirit has done for them. And we hear their words of testimony that this is what God has done through His Holy Spirit. I spend a lot of time with people who are suffering. I spend a lot of time with people who are nearing the end of this earthly life. I want to tell you something. I have heard the voice of God as they have spoken to me. And they have told me that he is here with me. They have told me that his spirit is blessing me right now. They have told me that his spirit is there of strength and of comfort. And as I hear their words And know that they could come to the end of their life and be angry and bitter that it's all over, that they could be just frustrated that they don't have much longer left, and to hear them testify that God is holding them up through this time. The Spirit still speaks. It speaks to each of us as individuals, it speaks to us through the voice of His faithful followers. The water still speaks. That's why when every time we have a Church of Christ building built, there is water really close to the preacher. Right there it is. Because that water still speaks. That water tells us. It tells us what God has done for us. It tells us that this is the door into the church. It tells us this is the door into Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful that Jesus, that God has given us something that tangible. Every time I walk down those steps and into that water, just Tuesday night to meet Jackie, you know, I can still feel that water and know that, that, that even though I can't touch God, that God has promised that he will meet me there in that water. And I can think back to my own baptism and to the myriads of baptisms that I've seen since then I had a conversation not too long ago with someone who had been baptized at an early age, and some of those doubts began to creep in and think, well, did I know what I was doing? Did I do it right? Well, it's not so much what we're doing, it's what God is doing. And we can go back and we claim that gift and we continue to grow into that gift. I might have told you this story before. As I tell you, I only have three stories so if you come very often you just hear them rotated around. But I remember as a, as a college student going to a small church and uh, one Sunday morning we had someone come forward to be baptized. and It was very unusual because we were used to the kids in the church being baptized and occasionally a college student being baptized but this was a very elderly lady. I don't know how old she was. She might have been, what, 60? but <laughs> No, no, she, I don't know how old she was, but I remember that she walked, and she was uh, infirm, and she, she could barely make it down the aisle. Uh, obviously, was very hard of hearing, and I don't know if in preparation for her baptism, she had taken her hearing aids out, or if she didn't have hearing aids, Or they didn't work, I don't know. But as the preacher began to talk with her and discuss, he said, okay, and he had her stand up. He said, um, and this was just new to us, we were thinking, wow, this is pretty cool to see someone of this advanced age that's receiving baptism. And so he had her stand up and he said, "Uh, okay, repeat after me. And she said, huh? And he said, repeat after me. And she said, okay. I believe, and she said, I believe. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He said, thank you for that confession. She said, thank you for that confession. I said, may God bless you. May God bless you. And he was trying to get her, okay. And so we were kind of, yeah, it was pretty cool. So anyway, we were wondering how this was going to happen, because each one of us and I, we were all ministry students, and we had baptized people before, and some baptisms present certain challenges, you know, if someone is rather large, or, you know, never baptize someone that old, and I thought, well, how is, they're going to watch this, and how's this lady going to uh, be able to be immersed, and so they finally came out, it was a long wait as she got ready for the baptism, and they came out, and they were standing in the water, and and so he said the words again, and she, by that time he had convinced her to quit repeating what he was saying. But finally, and said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit for the remission of your sins that you may receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he baptized her. And when she came up, she jumped up and said, hallelujah, hallelujah, I'm free, I'm free. Finally, I am saved. That water spoke to us that day. To see her with her excitement and her joy. The water still speaks today and if those voices creep into your heart and say, oh, you're not good enough, you'll never make it. You're not really a child of God. You can go back to that day and you felt that water wash across your body and hear the promises of God that I'm there and I meet you there and that I will bless you and you will be my child. The blood of Jesus still speaks. We know that the, G- the blood of Jesus takes away our sins. And, and I'm grateful for that. I am grateful that Jesus' blood washes away our sins and takes away our sins. But you know, that's kind of that investment in the future because my sins have to do a lot with where I'm going and where I'm going to spend my future. And so what I'm really grateful for right now is the blood of Jesus takes away my guilt and my shame because I don't think I could stand up here and talk to you guys if I had to bear the guilt and the shame of decisions I've made in the past, of words I've said, of opportunities I've missed, of people I've hurt. I, I, I couldn't do that and even pretend to speak about God's Word if the blood of Jesus had not taken away the guilt and the shame. And I'm so thankful that every Sunday morning, As we gather, we pass that cup around because it reminds me of that. Jesus said, this is the blood of my new covenant that is shed for your forgiveness, your mercy, your grace. We raise that cup to our lips, and we're so thankful that God still speaks to us. John says in this passage that if you believe in God, then this testimony lives in your heart. Now, some people may not hear this voice, but you do, don't you? You hear the testimony of His Spirit. You hear the testimony of the water. You hear the testimony of the blood. And listen to what that testimony tells you. This is the testimony. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Aren't you glad you're listening?